With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports. Talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do when you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 78 of the College Loop Podcast. Just me in the studio today, just getting ready to preview and just getting right into it. You know what, actually... How are y'all doing today? Y'all let me know in the comments how y'all doing, or let me know in the in the in the stream how y'all doing. I'll try to comment back if I if I'm if I'm able to. But yeah, let's just get right into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, which is previewing Auburn football's defensive line for the 2023 season. And you know, again, we talk about it all the time is the new brand new look for the Tigers as a lot of transfers came in the D line position and a couple of commits to from the high school ranks and one from the Juco who Juco wise, I'm going to go ahead and bring up quiet trail, Jamison uh, Travis still waiting to see if he's going to be eligible. Uh, I'm not too sure of all the information behind it, but I just know that he's currently not with the team, uh, but he still listed as a commit. I, I just think it's maybe grades, something didn't transfer over well, and but he will be on the Tigers, I believe by the time of the season, hopefully, by the time the season begins. But just to go through the starting lineup, last week we did the offensive line. Today we are doing the defensive line and the projected starting lineup for your Auburn Tiger defensive line is as followed. And Auburn is going to be running a kind of a 3-3-5 kind of thing, but it's really going to be a 4-2-5. Uh, just the extra defensive lineman is going to be a jack position or edge rusher. For all you that are new to the whole new lingo that's going on in the Auburn football team. So starting at defensive end, I think Marcus Harris is going to be the defensive end. The big transfer from last year who came from Kansas. Last season, he got 30 tackles, two sacks, and a pass deflection. Standing at six foot three, 295 pounds. I, I think of the defensive ends on the roster, I think he offers you the best chance just because he has the experience. And looking at the defensive ends, you could probably throw Elijah McAllister in a defensive end and maybe they like share share reps. It just depends on how the jack position kind of pans out when the season starts. But more on that in a second. Uh, other defensive ends that I've been looking at uh, all around, the depth charts I've been looking at and uh, and what I've been reading, uh, Darren Reed and Wilkie Denod, uh, the two 2023 freshmen, uh, one being a four-star in Darren Reed, who was the flip from LSU. Standing at six foot three, two hundred ninety-five pounds, and Wilkie Denod, a three-star, six foot three, two hundred and seventy-six pounds. Yeah, so those two, I believe, are going to be the backups, and I think some of the edge rushers are going to be mixed in with there as well. 
Uh, but just looking at it from I think the defensive end, I think Marcus Harris is the perfect choice. You've got a guy who has played with the team before. He has the experience, D1, uh, playing FBS football. Sorry, there we go, FBS football at Kansas and Power 5 football, really. Uh, and I think he was a pretty good tr- contributor to last year's team, and it's kind of hard to like you know really get your name out there whenever you're playing alongside Colby Wooten and Derek Hall, who are currently in the NFL after getting drafted this past NFL draft. And then just go to the big boys in the middle of the defensive line, and I this is no contest for me. And I'm going to start with start with defensive tackle first. We go to nose tackle. Jason Jones is probably going to be the starting defensive tackle just because you cannot put that size, size of a man on the bench at any given time. Jason Jones is six foot six, three hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Last season got twenty-eight tackles, somehow got zero sacks, and got one fumble recovery. Jason Jones is a monster of a human being who I believe is going to lead the charge up front and is going to be a very, very scary defensive tackle under coach Jeremy Garrett, a brand new coach for the Hugh Freeze staff. And just looking at Jason Jones, I cannot emphasize how ginormous this man is. And behind him, uh, Mosiah Nasili Kite might get some reps in at the defensive tackle position. The big transfer from Maryland. Last season of Maryland, 26 tackles, one sack, and one fumble recovery. So pretty similar stats to, to Jason Jones. He's a little bit smaller, though, at 6'2", 285. Defense tackles are going to be really solid just because it's got two really good players with power five experience. You have Maryland with Messiah and Jason Jones was part of that, that weird trade uh, for Bo Nix. And just moving on to nose tackle, you got Justin Rogers, the big uh, nose tackle from Kentucky at 36 tackles last season and half a sack standing at six foot three, 346 pounds. Justin Rogers is a breakout star waiting to happen. He didn't get a lot of reps at Kentucky, but whenever he did, he shined. And behind him, you have Zykevious Walker, who didn't play in 2022, from from my knowledge. Almost transferred out of the program, but initially brought brought himself back after the Hugh Freeze hire at six foot four, 294 pounds. Zykevious Walker, real talented guy. I think he was a highly rated uh, recruit. I think he was a four star. Is what I think he was. And then lastly, nose tackle Lawrence Johnson from Purdue at six foot two, 310 pounds. Last season at Purdue, 29 tackles, one and a half sack, one forced fumble, and one pass deflection. And it's looking at those big boys up front. It's going to be really hard to move, <laughs> move the ball whenever you have to look at both Jason Jones and Justin Rogers, two guys who are together. About almost 700 pounds uh, between the two people, and right now this defensive line is almost standing at a thousand, uh, not a thousand, but almost about 800 pounds, 800, 900. It is almost a thousand, uh, and in Lamon's terms, it's about 900 and something. Uh, trying to do quick math right there, but a way to do get up to that thousand pound mark, uh, getting real close to the the ton squad up here. The Jack position, Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt, I think is going to get the start at the beginning of the season. Last season at Vanderbilt, 16 tackles, 
zero sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one pass deflection. Standing at six foot six, two hundred and seventy-one pounds, rounds out that defensive line with a good veteran presence. Who I think just because he was in the on that Vanderbilt team, it was really hard for him to make a real impact on the field. Vandy was good last year. They were to Vandy standards. They were good. They they caused a lot of teams to worry. Uh, and I think Elijah McCaster is a great pickup. But looking behind him is there are two players waiting to get out on that field. One of them being uh, six foot four and two hundred thirty one thirty seven pound edge rusher, the transfer from Appalachian State, Jalen McLeod. Uh, last season, App State, 40 tackles, six sacks, one fumble recovery, one pass deflection from Mr. McLeod. And he did have that great game against Texas A&M. Now, this is one of those guys who I think could be like a sneaky starter for the team. And I think just because the freshman is also on here, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. He's also the thumbnail. Uh, just I think Joe McLeod could find himself on the field very early and very quickly and for a good long chunk of a game. So I think Elijah McAllister, I think for what he's worth as a jack position, I think he could also pair very well as the defensive end and just kind of switch off with with Marcus Harris, give him some breaks. And then if Elijah McAllister is still good, you know, I think the jack and the defensive end is going to be very switch happy. I think you're going to get some guys play different positions uh, between those two. And the last edge rusher who I think we're going to see a good bit of too is Keldrick Falk, the big five-star edge rusher. Who was flipped from Florida State, standing at six foot six, two hundred eighty-eight pounds, and yeah, this is a pretty solid defensive line, a much improved defensive line, I must say. I think last year it was real top-heavy uh, amongst you know Derek Hall and Kobe Wooten. I think that this defensive line front uh, depth is pretty solid. I wouldn't say it's great just because I don't know how they all mesh together just yet. I'm a little less confident in them as I'm in the offensive line, but I trust the talent that's been put here, put in place. And I, I think the Justin Rogers pickup was huge. Uh, and I'm going to be really interested how quickly these freshmen get in. Uh, at the edge rusher position, again, Kendrick Falk and the two defensive ends and Darren Reed and Wilkie Denod. I'll be real interested to see how quickly they can get in because I think those are really talented guys, especially I think Darren Reed gets looked up, looked past a lot because of the Kendrick Falk pickup. But if, I mean, just looking at it from the bottom, I think this could be a – it's, this could sneakily be a top-tier defensive line in the SEC. And I just, looking at it, I, I might be biased that's making me say that. I think that with the starting line as it is, you have guys from top to bottom who are all Power 5 starters. at, at Some of them at Power 5 starters at two teams. Three te- yeah, two teams. All of them. None of these guys were all like big recruits that came to Auburn first. These are all transfer guys. Again, uh, Marcus Harris, Kansas, Jason Jones, Oregon from the last year's uh, recruiting class, and Justin Rogers, Elijah McAllister, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, both SEC guys. I think, for what it's worth, I do think that this is a much improved defensive line from last year, strictly because you don't have to worry about people getting double teamed as much because there's not a star-studded player like there was going into last year. There wasn't a Derek, there's no, no Derek Halls. There's no Kobe Wootens. Looking back, there's no, like, there's no D Ford. There's no Jeff Holland. There's No one has really stepped up to the plate as that big-bodied pass rusher that we've seen in recent past at Auburn. And that's just because it's a new era. It's we Auburn is going off of two 
mediocre seasons. I, and I, I say mediocre. One mediocre season and last year being the year that last year was. And I just think that, again, I, it's, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I just think that looking at the backups with Mosiah Nasuli Kite, who had a very good spring, and I don't think he's going to be a starter. And, but that just shows a lot to the depth and the transfers and the recruiting that Hugh Freeze has done and brought in. And I think this defensive line could be, I don't think it's going to be top five D line in the SEC. Maybe it could be very well. could be. I think starting off, it's going to start around like seven or eight just because the SEC always produces those great defensive lines. And with Jason Jones up front, I think right now, Jason Jones is your best player on that defensive line. And again, he was not a huge contributor to last year's team. He got 30 tackles, uh, 28 tackles. There we go, 28 tackles. But he was ne- he never had to be the guy. And it would be a huge year this year if one of these guys could step up and be the guy. And whether that be someone who's going to their super senior season or someone who's going to their first ever college football season, like Keldrick Falk. And I think the one player with the most potential on this defensive line is, of course, the freshman. I think Keldrick Falk is going to be a starter at some point in this season, I think we talk about it with Jeremiah Cobb a lot. We talk about it with a lot of these guys. Keldrick Falk is literally a talent that we cannot keep off the field strictly because I think what he offers is something that we've seen from all great Auburn edge rushers. I think he has the talent, the speed, the strength, and the whole nine yards to get there. And yeah, I do like Elijah McAllister's leadership. I think he'll, he'll stand as a vocal leader on this team. And you're missing out on Derek Hall. I'm going to keep saying that. You're missing on Derek Hall. But I think you're getting a vocal leader in Elijah McAllister, and you're getting the on-the-field presence in Keldrick Falk eventually. And overall, I just think this defensive line, if I had to rank it or give it a grade or something, right now I'd have to give like a B, which it sounds great. It sounds better than it is and it's because it's not a C. But the talent is there where I could say it's a B, and I would say like a B-. minus. Strictly because I don't know what it can do yet. There's a lot of new guys who are starting on this team. There's a lot of guys. We don't know the full layout of the land yet. The starting lineup I have right here could definitely just not be the starting lineup when the season starts. Keldrick Fopp could be playing at safety for all I know. I just think this defensive line is solid, but I don't know if it's where I could say it's great. And that's just because I think the talent there, I think it is improved. The last year's defensive line was not that great uh, until, of course, Cadillac stepped in. I I would would not I, I say that to say this. I would not be surprised if this defensive line stepped on the field and just completely went lights out. Did not give up, does not give up a lot of rushing yards. Does not get get gets a lot of sacks. There we go and forces turnovers. That wouldn't shock me. Just right now, I think that seemed more, and uh, that sounds a little different than what I say sometimes. But I'm very particular on defensive lines. Uh, and in my career of watching Auburn football, I've seen some pretty good defensive lines. And this one is just too new for me to be like, yeah, this is going to be an awesome defensive line. I think it's going to be pretty good. And that's why I'm going to get B minus right off the bat. Uh, and I, again, a lot of room of growth from, from me per se to see a outstanding defensive line, just because I got to see more Justin Rogers. I got to see some more production from Elijah McAllister and I got to see what Jason Jones and Marcus Harris can do as the guys for the already defensive line. 
Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. That's all really have for the football segment for the day. Uh, we're gonna, we gotta, you're going to see the whole bar go from football to softball, from top to bottom, because we actually have a lot of news to talk about for at least some of them. No, I don't say a lot of news, but some news for each segment. So let me go to men's basketball. Today, as this comes out, the NBA draft is going to be starting soon, underway. It can be going on right now as you're watching this. I don't know. And the big question is, does Auburn basketball have a chance of hearing a player get drafted? And to make a long explanation very short, no. Uh, I think the only player in the pool right now is Wendell Green Jr. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if someone took a shot on him, like a Shreve Cooper level. Uh, just like I can't take him late in the second round, uh, just like as a G League player. I think he's going to get signed to a G League team for a little bit. And whether that means he's going to be playing in the G League for a few years or if he's going to go overseas, it doesn't really matter. I think Wendell Green is going to show off wherever he goes. Uh, and I'll be really interested to see if he does end up getting drafted late in the second round. Uh, I, I think that just the bad thing about it is he's not as young as Shreve Cooper was. And Shreve Cooper fell far in the draft because of his height. And I think that's what's going to be harmful to Wendell Green. And then my women's basketball news, Dewana Bonner continues to prove herself as one of the best to ever do it. As she now is a top 10 in the WNBA in all-time scoring. So big ups to Dewana Bonner, one of the best to ever suit up for the Auburn Tigers women's basketball team and is looking like one of the best to ever do it in the WNBA. And to get to the baseball, we're going, we're flying by these very quickly. Auburn baseball is getting some renovations for Plainsman Park, and those will finish up in 2025. If you want to go look at them, it's on the Auburn Tigers Twitter and it looks like Auburn is going to be getting some renovations. And we all know that they're going to be getting the the seating up in the upper, uh, not upper deck, but the Green Monster is going to be getting some seats. And it looks like there's going to be some new seats added to the other side of the stadium as well. And, I mean, looking at the 3D model of it, it, it looks gorgeous. It's beautiful. Auburn baseball has deserved it after the stellar seasons they've had in back-to-back years. Auburn baseball is here to stay. And, oh, boy, did those seats look beautiful. And not too expensive. Expect to see us in those seats on the Green Monster. And I'm pointing, that does not really do any of this justice. Just, again, adding more seats to the Green adding seats to the Green Monster, adding, I think, a roof to the right field uh, side of the stands. And uh, left field, sorry, left field. Uh, it, it just looks beautiful. Uh, and again, I cannot speak enough to what Bush Thompson has done 
to the Auburn baseball program. And sorry, I'm trying to look up something as I'm talking. So, yeah, as it stands, Auburn baseball is here to stay yet again. And, yeah, sorry. Let me correct myself again. Right field. Right field. And uh, my mind, different. I always flip the two based on where I'm looking. But, again, yeah, if you want to see it, go to the Auburn Tigers Twitter or look up Auburn Baseball on Twitter. It's up there. They posted it on Wednesday. Uh, not Wednesday. Sorry. Tuesday. There we go. On Tuesday. So we just missed it on the last show. But yeah, just a great all-round thing for Auburn Baseball. And now to get in some transfer portal news for the Auburn softball team. Auburn softball picked up another transfer, and hold on, I am I have the stats on my phone. DePaul catcher Anna Waller, Waller, W O H L E R. If someone help me out, make sure I'm saying that correctly. From again, yeah, DePaul has announced her transferring to Auburn. She has two more years of eligibility. She's a two-time All Big East selection in her two years. And her career numbers are as follows. She bats a 3-4-1 with 20 home runs, 27 doubles, 75 RBIs, and 64 runs scored. And as it stands, i trying to remember all the girls who have uh, graduated. And if I'm not mistaken, Aspen Lane. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Aspen Godwin. Sorry, I'm reading out her Instagram tag. Aspen Godwin is going to be transferring. So Auburn is losing two catchers both in both diamond sports and replacing them with some pretty solid talent with Anna Waller and, of course, Ike Irish is going to be playing catcher for the Auburn baseball team next season. Another bit of Auburn softball transfer news, Lindsey Garcia, the former Auburn left fielder, has announced her transfer destination, and it hurts to say, but she's transferring to Clemson, the team that ended Auburn's postseason hopes into 2022 season. Lindsey Garcia will now join the Clemson Tigers and, of course, Clemson, South Carolina. And now for the last bit of the show, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. And uh, if Tar was here, he would probably be a all on board with this idea because I've been on Twitter a lot the past few days. Uh, if you're unaware, if you're living under a rock, if you just don't know it all, don't go on Twitter. Uh, God bless your soul. Uh, Bree Ellis, the former Auburn slugger, who is in the top 10 all-time at, at home runs and Auburn softball, she announced her transfer destination to the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, yeah, she made a made a little jab at Auburn, uh, which is what, if you've met them, that's what they're going – if you met the Ellis family, that's what they do. They're, they – they go back and forth. They they'll snap back if if need be. But I've seen a lot of Auburn fans out there give her a lot of crap and just kind of hate on her. Uh, one guy said that if you even talk about Briellis or uh, let me know so I can block you and I'll I'll no one cares about softball. All this stuff. People are going at her. People are commenting at her, just saying all these mean things to her. What you don't understand is one. She's human. She and two, she can do what she wants. Uh, if she's an Arkansas softball player now, cool. She can make a couple jabs at Auburn, and, and the the jab in and of itself, it, it was a it was it was funny. I, I you're gonna hate me, Auburn fans. It was kind of funny. 
because uh, it's the same jokes Auburn fans always make about Auburn. You get to these big moments, and you kind of fall off a little bit, and you got to live and learn. It sucks in the moment. It happens a lot, and you can't say it doesn't. And if you want to say that it doesn't, I'm here to argue against the fact, against your claim that it doesn't happen. But I don't understand the fact that the people saying that no one could have a softball. That's one, not true. Two, messed up. Three, what are you doing? You sound like a one of those football fans over there on the other side of the state. Lee, d- don't comment at her like that if you don't understand anything about the sport or anything about the the Ellis family are are one of the most genuine, funny people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. And the fact that I've just seen so many people go at her on Twitter is baffling to me. She is top 10 all time in Auburn and Auburn softball history and home runs. She has put two years of her life into this program. She has even said on record that she loves Auburn Loves the fans, loves the memories, loves everything about the place. And a lot of fans have been showing her love, as they should be. She offered a lot to Auburn softball and to the university as a whole. There is no reason people should be bashing her for just transferring to an SEC team. She did what was best for her future, and you can't hate her for it. You can dislike Arkansas, but... The thing is, Auburn runs deep in every player that puts on an Auburn jersey. She has a bit of Auburn in her. There will always be a piece of Auburn within her. It's it's Auburn, the Auburn fan fandom, the Auburn family. It's not something you just get rid of. It's a contagious, I don't say virus because it's going to make it sound bad, but it's a contagious thing that you just can't get rid of. Once you've been around Auburn, once you've been around Auburn fans, once you've felt the love by Auburn that all of us have felt, you can't just get rid of that. She's always going to be part of Auburn. She's always going to have her name in the history books at Auburn. She is still a part. She is a, she is a part of Auburn. Yes. She's going to play the next two years of her softball career at Arkansas, but that does not defeat the purpose that she is still a part of Auburn. She has offered, she, again, I'm saying a broken record yet again. Done so much for the team. Done so much for the program. Put, I don't want to say put Auburn back on the map, but it, it kind of felt like she did a little bit with the help of a lot of other players on that team. They were part of something special, that Auburn. And there's no reason why she should be getting all this hate. And, and make the people doing all this and saying this crap to her, you just sound ignorant. You just sound ignorant. And if you're doing it because you hate softball, educate yourself. Because i got to be honest, I've said it once, I'll say it again. College softball is way more fun to watch than college baseball. Sorry, I love college baseball. But college softball, tier above it. And I think it deserves way more respect, and I think the Ellis family deserves way more respect than what a few Auburn fans that I have seen on Twitter. And I the rant makes it sound like it's a lot of people doing it. It's a, it's a very vocal minority doing it. And it's still annoying. It still sucks that they're having to deal with Neanderthals who are just upset about one comment that she made. It was a little, little, little jab. It was just a little jab. It's nothing that Auburn fans haven't heard a million times over. 
just let it go. Send her your wishes. Send her your prayers for the safe travels to Fayetteville. And believe me, when I say that the Ellis family is going to love Arkansas because the fan base is about as crazy as they are. And again, just she is a part of Auburn. Treat her like she's still in Auburn. She's she is still a part of Auburn. She is still part of the Auburn family. She's going to be playing at Arkansas. Don't disrespect people for that reason. Just treat her. I saw a great tweet. It was like, treat them like they're going pro in a sense. Like they're they're gone. Like they're no longer, they're just not with the team anymore. She's going to be play, playing against Auburn, yes. But that does not mean she, she should be getting any hate for the move she made. She did it for herself. And she's allowed to do that. And I just, I think it's so stupid that people were just going on Twitter and just bashing her. And it's dumb. And I'm going to end the show there. I just want to go on a little rant there. Sorry if I went a little, got a little preachy. It's had to be said. But yeah, with that, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right there. Or it's on the description as well. So just go ahead and scroll down, click the description, follow me on Twitter. And then go back to YouTube, scroll down, comment, leave your questions. We love answering questions. Gregorio, we love I again, I love you, ma'am. You gave an awesome suggestion to a uh a future not, I want I want to say I almost said bit, but a segment on, of the show that would be really cool to do. So I just want to say I'm just gonna put that out there. I read your comment, believe me. I already sent in the group chat. We're doing it. I just need to have everyone here to do it, just so it'll It'll be more than just me just saying, oh, well, I loved when this guy did this. And I won't tell you what the comment is because you have to wait and see for what the segment is called. But, yeah, if you want to follow the college loop, you have us literally everywhere. You have us on here on YouTube where you can also go like, comment, subscribe again. You know, just do that. It's helpful to us. Uh, you also have us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. No MySpace, 1,000 subs, and we'll be getting on MySpace. And we are also getting very close to the – 300 subs i believe i think we are around 10 not 10 yet we oh nine as it's being recorded nine subscribers away from daniel Locke had to do a little tiktok dance himself on of course tiktok and if you want to listen to the show you have us on spotify apple podcast google podcast and amazon music and all that being said it's been the college loop podcast <laughs>